0: What's going on, Anchor? Welcome back to Gadget Reason Radio. My name is Sean, I'm your host, and happy Friday. Made it through another week, and I have to apologize for missing yesterday's tech download. I was experimenting with some other content for Gadget Reason Radio, you may have heard if you were listening in, and some of that stuff took a little bit longer than than I had anticipated, and I just kind of ran out of time. So... No worries, I am back today, and this is your tech download for Friday, August 4th, 2017. 8BitDo are makers of some of the most popular Bluetooth classically themed controllers uh, on the market. They're typically available at places like Amazon, and they kind of got a name for themselves for making SNES and NES themed sort of uh, portable Bluetooth controllers and they've kind of evolved over the past few years. And they made news recently by updating all their Bluetooth controllers to be able to be fully compatible with the Nintendo Switch. Well, they have started taking pre-orders for the NES 30 arcade stick. This is one of those uh, arcade style sticks that has the large arcade buttons that people typically use with fighting games but this one is fully compatible with the Nintendo Switch and it's gone up for pre-order on Amazon for $79.99. The controller is fully compatible with the Nintendo Switch and has turbo functionality and 18 hour playtime. It's fully customizable and it comes with standard 30 millimeter sized arcade buttons with quick disconnects and those buttons can be swapped out and fitted with the ever popular Sanwa joysticks and buttons. um, it's pretty cool. It'll be compatible with Windows, Android, macOS, and Steam. So it's not just going to be a Switch-only controller, which is good because there's not really any arcade fighting-style games for the Nintendo Switch, if you don't count, you know, the remakes and the uh, the SNK classics that are available in. The e-shop so yeah you know i'm definitely holding out hope that we'll see more fighting games come into the switch especially now that the switch has sort of sustained its popularity for a longer period of time i'm holding out hope for injustice 2 and maybe the next mortal Kombat game and maybe even uh might see the eventual release of street fighter 5 for the switch that would be awesome so uh, i went ahead and pre-ordered this i'll have to admit that i am something of an arcade fiend I used to build and restore arcade cabinets, and I currently have a six-foot-tall MAME arcade cabinet that I built in my dining room, and uh, I have about two or three of the Mad cats fighting sticks for PlayStation, PC, Xbox, so yep. I'm just going to add this one to my collection and hope that Switch titles come for it, but in the meantime, I'll use it for Killer Instinct on my Windows gaming rig, but let me know. Are you guys going to pick one of these up, or are you going to pass? DJI has announced a new firmware update for the DJI Spark drone and they've added some new features. So, uh, a couple of the new features that were added to the Spark's latest firmware update are the ability to grab 180 degree panoramic photos. This is now in addition to the existing vertical and horizontal panorama modes. And the new 180 degree mode stitches together 21 individual photos to create an even wider panorama of your favorite scene. Um, DJI also has improved the photo resolution when shooting in active track or gesture modes allowing you to capture 12 megapixel resolution images now so that's uh, 3968 by 2976 for those of you who were unaware and uh, they've added some new gestures to be able to do things like start and stop video recording previously you could only do a gesture to snap a photo. In the new firmware update, you hold out one arm out to your side and that will uh, signal the drone to start recording video. The two red LEDs in the front will flash, allowing you to know that it recognized the gesture. To make it stop recording, you just do the same gesture again. And DJI has also enhanced Sparks quick shot flight modes. So these are the automated sort of instant uh, 30 second video shots where the drone will automate itself and fly in a predefined pattern. Um, you now have the ability to control which direction the circle and helix modes fly in to start. And it now has tweaked the um, elevation when using the drony mode where the drone flies backwards and elevates um, as it moves back. I have not personally tested out the new firmware on my own Spark yet. I did the update the other day and I will report back as soon as I have a chance to test that out. It has been a busy week for Elon Musk. Not only did the Model 3 finally go into full production, but Tesla also completed the first solar roof installations. The company is following the same strategy they used for the Model 3, and the initial customers are actually Tesla employees, with Elon Musk being one of the first. Mr. Musk said in a statement to Bloomberg Business that I have them on my house, JB has them on his house, referring to Tesla's chief technology officer, JB Strobel. Musk went on to say, This is version one. I think this roof is going to really look knockout as we just keep iterating. By selling the solar tiles to employees first, Tesla has an opportunity to test out the installation process and work out any kinks or other technical issues before selling the tiles to the general public. One of the most interesting things about Tesla's solar tiles is the cost. They actually come in cheaper per square foot than traditional roof tiles. Tesla was able to cut down on costs by using its high-end automotive stores in shopping malls and other high-traffic areas rather than pursuing customers through marketing or other advertising means. It's pretty tough to find a reason not to get the new Tesla tiles if you're getting a new roof put on your house because the cost isn't anymore and you're going to get the benefits of solar power. So what do you guys think? Are you interested in Tesla's new solar-powered roof tiles? Let me know. There's a rumor floating around that Microsoft might be potentially considering making a Microsoft Surface-style keyboard for the iPad Pro. Now, I don't know how true that is, but I do know that it would be a welcome addition to the iPad accessory lineup. One of the things that I missed most when I went from my Surface Pro 3 to the iPad Pro was the backlit physical keys of the Surface Pro keyboard. And I'll tell you something else, it would be awesome if it actually contained a trackpad and Microsoft was able to convince Apple to somehow add in mouse support to the iPad Pro line because I think that's the one thing holding the iPad back from getting any more truly pro-level applications like a mobile version of Adobe Illustrator. The rumor is coming from a leaked Microsoft PDF document that had a bunch of products listed on it, but the one that stands out is the iPad Touch Cover Model 1719. So um, who knows what that might look like, but I'm holding out hope that we actually do get a true physical backlit keyboard for the iPad Pro via Microsoft. (laughs) I'm <laughs> Samsung has unveiled its latest QLED series TV with the 88-inch Q9, and for the privilege of hanging one of these enormous monsters on your wall, you'll pay the hefty price tag of $20,000. That's double the price of Samsung's other 75-inch Q9F model, which is on sale right now in the US for $9,000. The cheapest model in the QLED lineup is currently the 55-inch Q7, which runs $2,500. If you're interested in shelling out the $20,000 for the 88-inch model, you're going to get an 88-inch panel with 10-bit HDR, though it will not support Dolby Vision, and a 240Hz refresh rate, Wi-Fi direct, Bluetooth, including headset support, and 4 HDMI inputs, and Samsung Smart Hub and Smart Remote. Like all the other Q-series televisions, it's extremely thin with pretty much no bezel, and a no-gap wall mount thanks to a 1.8mm transparent optical cable. Instead of investing in OLED panels for television, Samsung developed the QLED technology which requires a backlight and is completely different than the OLED technology. Samsung claims of course that the displays can get much brighter and can get 100% of the DCI-P3 HDR color space and OLED displays cannot. Most reviewers and other people in the industry though have complained that Samsung's basically asking you to pay top-tier pricing for second-rate technology. So um, yeah, I don't think I would spend 20 grand for a QLED television. I think I'd hold out for the LGW series and just go full-on OLED at that price. But if you're in the market for a $20,000 TV, let me know what you think. Well, that's going to do it for your top tech stories for today. Thanks for tuning in as always, and thank you to everybody who's favored the station or subscribe to the podcast. I would still love to get more interaction from all of you guys, so if you have anything you'd like to request that I talk about on the show, you can go ahead and use that request feature in Anchor. Otherwise, you can find me on social media at Gadget Reason and leave me some comments and generate some conversations there. Also, stay tuned to Gadget Reason for a lot of changes coming to the anchor station here in the next couple of weeks but other than that i will talk to you guys tomorrow